Hello and welcome to Mazes and Muses, roaming the labyrinth of creativity. So, there's a little announcement this week about Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, my Kickstarter launched. <laughs> of oh, course, wow. no, that's of course that's what sure. I mean. Let's let's bring that up. Let's bring Kickstarter up while we're talking about it. Um, Two hundred seventy-six percent funded. Is that right? You are. Hot damn. There's Hot a, damn. There's another one called Oddity Off Print that's 86% funded. I don't know. Launched yeah. two, two weeks before <laughs> the other uh, one. All right. All right. Here's one. Here's my. Here's a couple of thoughts. Here's a couple of thoughts. Well, first of all, I'm surprised that the uh, the people who have responded well to the thing. I, I will say that maybe part of it that I had a lot of luck with Reddit. I I, I shared a uh, I shared one of the spells from uh, my Kickstarter, and it uh, was really well received. It had like 400 upvotes, 98 percent approval, a lot of conversations. It said like according to the stats behind the scenes on Reddit, 29,000 people saw it. So, you know, a very small percentage did anything about, oh, I like this. And then that's the end of it. Um, uh, they did, but there was a link uh, to uh, the Kickstarter. So not a lot of people bit. But um, I did notice that this campaign has already gotten more supporters than my last one did in terms of numbers. I did that minis Kickstarter a little while ago. In terms of numbers, the last one didn't have 105 people supporting it, I don't think. Um, and... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I got. I, I want to credit Reddit. Um, also, I came into the Zine Quest one with their tag. You didn't. They 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 robbed you of that at the beginning of your campaign. And I also came into it a couple of weeks late with a lot of inf lot more information like price points. I've got higher ticket items so that there's a fifty dollar thing you can get, and that's a lot easier to hit your goal. If you know. Um, you know, it it just is just easier because if someone's like, I want to go all in, they have an opportunity to do that. And I and I'm kicking myself for not having something more like a hundred dollar level where you get a spell named after your character or after you or something like that. There's opportunities there that I missed out on. Um, but also, I think your campaign started day one. Yeah. In a sea of 50, 60 other projects on day one. So that's hard to make a splash. It's like your comic comes out that day. Oh, and there's 60 other number ones that come out that day. It's like, Oh, for God's sakes, forget it. I'm not going to get any attention. It's like when I launched my comic book series, um, astounding, no, uh, avant-garde, I think it came out the same week as Batman or it was solicited for the same month as Batman versus spawn. And like, if you're a retailer and you got to guess where you're going to put your money, <laughs> It's not going to be my cheesy black and white indie comic. It's going to be, you know, free money. It's going to be printing money with Batman and Spawn. Um, so I, I don't know. I think you came out during a very, during the a glut, and I think that um, might not have helped. And then maybe I don't know how long your campaign page was live before you launched. How many? Not people were not long. And again, um, most of my because my. My Dan Taylor social media persona is more of leftover from my comic book days. And I really don't want to you don't want to merge those things or you feel like they need to be separate. Well, you know, when I promote it on Dan Taylor, I don't have a lot of role playing people, you know, and 
and you know, no one, not a lot of the role playing or D and D community is following Dan Leon Taylor on the various social medias and such. Um, right. And again, catacombs and comedians is. I mean, I've got too many different things out there, and I, I will admit that. But whenever I think of a cool name, I want to jump on it. Sure. You know, we haven't even told people that Mazes and Muses is on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> or this new thing you're cooking up. Oh yeah, I don't have I don't have we'll talk about that later, but I'm not going to set I'm not going to set up its own social media account for that. That's all going to be it's, you know, part of the zero media or zero level media banner, which almost everything will be. Catacombs and Comedians deserves its own because there are people who just want to follow it for the comedy aspect and that's fine. But it will you know, it falls under the zero level media uh, tent, I guess. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, all these old comic book people who follow me from my comic book days where you and I first met and worked together, they don't, they're not really, not a lot of them are into the role playing games or they're not going to support my role playing game endeavors. If I launch another hero, happy hour comic book, which we may do next year. Cause it's its 21st anniversary, making it old enough to drink. Um, we were originally planning a 20th anniversary, but both Chris and I got busy and we say, Hey, 21st, that that's even better. So, you know, I'll put, you know, I'll promote the hell out of it there on Dan Leon Taylor or Dan Taylor comic book. People will get to it. Right. So I didn't have, you know, I didn't really promote it much ahead of time. Cause there's nobody's fallen zero level media yet for the role-playing D and D stuff. Nobody's, you know, the catacomb and comedian crowd, the, the role-playing crowd's really not following that yet. I'm slowly building this. And you you understand building a brand. It takes time. So you kind of have a brand just because you had the miniatures beforehand. So right, not right. everybody jumped on that. But, you know, there's a Steve, there's a definite Steve Conley brand out there. Right. And it's right, right. good and it's solid and I follow it. And I think I think the uh, I think there's a lot. I think I'm, I'm, I'm promising a lot for five bucks. I feel like. With this Kickstarter, it's like, okay, a subclass and spells and magic items and creatures. It's like, I feel like that's a whole, like I was looking at another Kickstarter campaign. I, I think yours is very clear, which I like. I think it's like you're saying, here's the, here's the value proposition. It's five creatures. Mm-hmm. You know, add five creatures to your campaign. Five fun, weird, hilarious creatures to your campaign. Um, there was another one I was looking at, and it was like, it has, it hits, it, the goal was reasonable. The, the, the everything about it seemed right like mathematically correct but it didn't say it didn't have a hook right it didn't have that thing saying why do i want to get this thing it's like it was a it was yet another setting and why do you want yet another your characters are already having an adventure in a world why another world and why this world and why not eberron why not uh you know taldori why not why not all these other ones that already exist what makes yours special and I feel like they 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 were doing it, and they just ha- hadn't made that click. Um, then there's other ones we're up against right now. There's one that's a, a sci-fi adaptation of Five E. Ads are everywhere. They got lots of sponsorship positions on the most popular D and D podcasters, and uh, their delivery date is August of 2024. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's a zine. No, no, no. This one's okay. a, this one's a, this was a hardcover thing. This okay. is going to be a, a full on like uh, <clears throat> uh, version of Five E, but for sci fi. It just feels like two years off is like. So one D and D will be out. You know, the sequel of the Dungeons and Dragons movie will be on video already. 
I will direct be direct a video already. I'm, I'm <laughs> Don't say that. Don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jeremy, Myer, Jeremy Irons will make a cameo, uh, but uh, I don't know. It, it. I feel like there's a lot to learn from both of the campaigns. I wish I had done more advertising. I'm, I'm tipping my toe into the Facebook advertising waters right now. I know I'm loath to do it, but uh, and I think I don't think my ad's very good. So I have a lot to think about. I've done Facebook advertising. I did a little bit of Facebook advertising for Catacombs and Comedians, and it seemed to work pretty well. Just because because oh, I was able to localize it to Nashville. Um, you know, use tags like stand-up comedy and Dungeons and Dragons. And, you know, afterwards, when I asked people how they find out about the show, they were like, Facebook. And I'm like, okay, that's great. You know, and I just, I don't do huge ads when I use Facebook and Instagram. You know, I'll, I'll do $10 here or there. You know, it's, I don't, my goal is never spend more on f- Facebook advertising than I would at lunch. That's great. Yeah, I'm doing $5 a day. Not a big spender, but mm-hmm. if, 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 if the I think I'm getting like ten clicks a day. If one of those ten gets the PDF, it'll pay for the thing. That's so, a good way to look at it. Yeah, and, um, then, and then hopefully, if they love the PDF, then they'll come back for the next one. So part of it is really, it's also kind of the way you trick yourself. Like I'm going to go to San Diego, set up there because it's not because of not because I'm not going to make any money. I'm going to lose money for sure, but it's going to be a good investment in my future. You know, I, like, I view these ads as oh, it's an investment in my future. Exposure. That yeah, we oh all love, that we all love being paid in. <laughs> Harlan Ellison's slide: People die of exposure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So the catacomb uh, zine quest. It's fine. Again, I'm not complaining. Um, yeah, sure. I'm 86 percent funded. We'll get there. I'm not, full disclosure here. I'm at 430 dollars of a 500 dollar campaign. Two people pledged 100 dollars. Oh wow! So if I took those two out, I'd only be at two thirty. I wouldn't even be halfway. What do you think is the lesson there? It's not like the it's not like the art's bad. It's not like the concept's bad. It's not like there's a. Is it just what makes a thing click? Is it just there was no audience? You don't you haven't built up the zero level brand yet? Yeah, I don't have an audience. I don't have an audience yet, and I'm pretty sure that's it. I think most of these zines that that came out, you know, huge out of the gate. Um, you know, they were able to promote it beforehand. They had it set up that, you know, this is, you know, they're, they're on their volume two, three, four or five of their zines. Right. There's histories of these before. Um, and, you know, and I think, you know, I'm not upset that it's not hit its goal. I'm, Cause again, this isn't going to make or break me. I'm not paying rent money with this. This is, right. I'm using this more as, this is sort of advertising. This is what, I, you know, for the catacomb comedians brand. Well, Monday you're going to get the intoxicancy bump, which everyone's oh, excited about. Well, that's all I need, and that should yeah. do it. Um, let's see, Monday. Monday. Yeah. Okay. It'll still be going on because I think it closes next Friday. Right. Because you have your show on Thursday, right? Yes. No, Tuesday. I got my show Tuesday. on Tuesday. Tuesday. Well, so, uh, so, so, oh, getting to that, uh, you were able to create a let's. So let's let's test it. Let's see if if I can send people your way. You can go into the dashboard of kickstarter and create a specific tag mm-hmm. and call it you know intoximancy conley whatever and just send me that link email me that link and i'll make that the link i give people and we'll see if that converts anybody okay we'll do that i'll, I'll if you don't hear back from me an hour after this this send me a reminder and i'll give it to you and the, and the idea is that 
I'm going to include your full project image unless, uh, and then, you know, basically say, boom, and then here's the link, and hopefully people will go. I've, put, I've tried text links in the past, but the big old project image works better. That's what, uh, when I did my last graphic novel collection, uh, Jeff Smith and Eric Powell and I all swapped. Mm -hmm. And the graphic is like, I think, help sells it. Oh, I think the graphic helps sells all the time, especially when I got, you know, that fun art from Musgrave there. Right, right. So, but yeah, you sh you should be very satisfied with your Kickstarter at this point. I would believe. I think so. I think so. I'm. I'm. It's more. It's gotten more love than I thought it would get. I'm getting people who are stumbling onto it. Are uh, I, I don't. I my my real worry now is I don't know how to follow it up. I have no idea how you follow it up. And I was thanks for the segue. I was going to bring this up. Time for the middle age role playing game. That's a that's years in the making. Well, you just that could come out in twenty twenty four. Oh God! <laughs> apparently, apparently. Um, that's fascinating. It's it's a neat idea. It's it it's all. I think the next thing I'll do is a, a have an idea for a module, an adventure module, and it would leverage some of the creatures created in this in Intoxicancy, uh, the ones I've been play testing. Um, I think a module might be a way to go. I'd want to make it old school like. I want to make it like the the loose, you know, black and white interior saddle stitched with a cover that's loose and has blue maps on the on the reverse side of it, like total old school. Okay, check, check check this out. Check out how uh, they did the um, Rick and Morty Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, it's a box set. Oh, wow. And I'm not saying do a box set, but it's only just a couple of pamphlets and, you know, and that way you could see how they worked a license into a D&D &D game. Is it is it a full on like adapt? Is it a full on play play with Rick and Morty kind of thing or it's kind of kind of like, you know, they have pre-made characters and all that sort of stuff. To be honest with you, I haven't opened it and looked at it because, you know, there's the Dungeons and Dragons, Rick and Morty comic books. Right. And this was, you know, they put out a box set. And in fact, oh, I'm just going to get up and get it, but it's way on the other side of the room. But it's out there. And then you could probably get it, pick it up for 14, 15 bucks. Mm. And it's probably worth checking out. And then also maybe the Stranger Things Dungeons and Dragons box set. That's interesting. I was going to look at Acquisitions Incorporated because that seems like those guys, when they did the book, that that seemed like a legit, you know, hybrid of something silly. Although they have like a, they, you know, they do have world building. They do have a whole. It's a whole, yeah, it's a whole campaign, like Eberron type setting. Um, but it's a great book. I highly recommend it. Okay. I mean, I got a lot of inspiration for Catacombs and Comedians from the Acquisitions, Inc. Oh, that's shows. Great. Yeah. So, no, but I think that your next role-playing game project should go with the adventure type thing. Go with the, the module. That's, I think that is the next step. I think building toward, building up the audience. If I can get this, I, I mean, in a, in a perfect world, this campaign will get up to 200. I mean, in a perfect world, this campaign will get to 1,000 backers. I, uh, Good uh, morning, Fraley. Hey, Fraley. Um I'd love for this to get to two thousand back, a thousand backers. I mean, that's the that to me. I'd much rather have like a, like I'd rather have a thousand five dollar backers than one five thousand dollar backer. You know, you really want the the huge nut, and then uh after that the module, and then maybe build basically take bits 
little bites out of the world of mm-hmm. the Middle Age, and then maybe those can all get assembled, cobbled together into a single volume that becomes the, you know, a source book. No, I no, I think it's you def- just in time for seventh edition to come out. <laughs> all right, let's talk about one D and D now. Um, I've already got my binder going. <laughs> okay, got the printed out the first uh, play test. So I am getting all going, checking it out. I will print out and continue and just put it all in the binder. I think I did that with every edition since I started doing this sort of stuff. That's great. And uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of talk about it. They mentioned They announced a lot of stuff at D&D, but I think everybody right now is focusing and pissed off that monsters can't crit on 20s. Can't what? Crit on 20s. They can't? That's what they just said. Players, only players are do critical hits. Well, they're my adamantine armor. Well, it's also, you know, it's kind of a house rule. So I don't think it's, you know, right. I mean. And that's, that's like, and it's so far away from being launched. So we'll see. I mean, I never really, I don't use my, my monsters. Our NPCs really don't crit player characters anyway, unless it's something juicy in the story that'll work. I, you know, I don't need to. It's it's I, I'm. There's so much noise and so much yelling and shouting already going on. Is this your first edition wars, Steve? Uh, Do you remember all the hubbub with when we went from third to fourth and fourth to fifth? I was a passive observer then. I was I watched it. I I dipped my toe in it. I I heard. I sat on the periphery of a lot of conversations about like it becoming. Oh, it's becoming World of Warcraft. I when it went to three to four. I think, um, I mean, I heard a lot of that stuff, but this is my first time. But I, I don't even feel this. But I, I, even from my limited perspective, I'm not getting a sense that this is a war. You know, I feel like it's quibbling. Um, a lot of people seem it's it's they're playing it very safe because I do think Wizards of the Coast Hasbro have stumbled onto success. Something Rick Veach told me a long time ago, and I said I really want to make Astounding Space Thrills into a comic. He says it's easy. You make your comic and wait 30 years. Because then in 30 years, those people will be in charge of the studios. And now you have the Sandman and you have these things. Um, oh, nine more years and we get Hero Happy Hour. Right. Exactly. There's <laughs> going to be somebody. Right. So so you get you have your Yusagi Ojimbos. You have those things. Uh, uh, and um, <laughs> I totally agree. Uh, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so I, I feel like they're right now very lucky between Stranger Things and Critical Role. Those, they could have been playing any edition in those shows, right? Yeah. It didn't have to be five, but I do think five is very is so user friendly. They can't mess with it. So I think everything they're doing now is they're doing little tweaks. They're they're tightening bolts and cleaning things up and fixing glitches and trying to roll everything under their digital environment, which I think will go to a subscription model like Netflix. I suspect at some point. Right, because currently to unlock all of D and D Beyond is what seven hundred bucks, something like that. Yeah, they'll change that to fifteen bucks a month. They they'll they want a subscription, and then you'll have access to their virtual tabletop thing. And um, but I, I think it'll all go to a fifteen bucks all you can eat subscription. I'd be happy with that. Sure, everyone would be, and they'd they'd clean up because it would stop me from having to go over to all the various bootleg sites to find out what Mind Slipper does. You know. Uh, or what, what's what's Strixhaven rules or 
There's I'm, like one spell in the back of something that, oh yeah, everybody uses that. I mean, I've got a dungeon master who has all of them. Uh, so I have access to everything on D&D Beyond, but only for his campaign. I can't right. give players access or use it in my campaigns. Right. And I sometimes forget that. Um, so if they went to a, yeah, I, could, I would shell out 15, 20 bucks a month, maybe even just to have access to everything as I need. Cause I don't need every book or every page or every paragraph of every book. Um, but there's a paragraph in this book I need. There's a map in this book I need. There's a monster uh-huh. in this book that I need. And so, yeah, subscription definitely is the way to go. Now, we'll, now they're going to utilize this whole virtual. I've never used virtual tabletops to its full extent. I've done a little bit on it. And this looks like it's going to be a really interesting tabletop to give it that, t- you know, tabletop feel the way they described it. But I don't know. Just look. I mean, it looked gorgeous, but it looked busy to me. Yeah, I. in the end, people want to take the top-down view. They want the isometric top-down view because you want to measure my, you know, my effect is, you know, the fireball goes out 30 feet. And if I'm going to some sort of three-point three perspective to figure out how all that stuff, it's gorgeous. I feel bad. Basically, it was that was really, I feel bad for everyone who's developing a tabletop virtual environment right now because it's like, oh, crap, D&D Beyond's getting into that. Um, I don't know. Uh, I like Fraley's comment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I miss the days of modules instead of Big Book Adventure 2. I get that. That's so that's one of the reasons why I think the next Kickstarter should be something very tiny. I'm planning on doing something that would be like if it's a it's a one or two night adventure. And uh, the idea being that if the first night is a preamble, the setup for the big thing at the end, make the first part something you can excise. So you're only playing for one night. Fast track. Let's get to the meat of this thing. Um, but I do like the idea of it. Also, I'm a, also I want to reduce the amount of work I have to do more than anything. That's like more important than anything. It's like I I don't want to because I know if I have to design the interior of a tavern, I'll be like rendering sconces. You know? <laughs> Says the guy who designs the miniature and then paints over the miniature and then that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it worked out. I mean, I think I, I I'm a cowardly painter. I'm a it's a gorgeous yeah, yeah the end product's gorgeous um but yeah and i'm a theater of the mind guy so i'm 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 probably not going to utilize their tabletop that often right um and they showed some beautiful minis but how much control they have over those is does is hero forge sweating right now they're going um, they'll buy hero forge i think are there's another company what's eldrick foundry or something like that yeah that yeah. and Hasbro has to be thinking, hey, aren't we a toy company? True, true. Um, but yeah, they. Could, I mean, I don't know. It's an interesting time for Dungeons and Dragons. But then again, we said this six years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago. Um, oh yeah, you were talking about the wars. What was your experience? Well, tell me, tell tell us about your war stories. Um, I don't care is my really my thing. I always get excited with a new edition. Um, I'm not that. And I'm a guy who hates change. I hate change. Do not. <laughs> I will watch Scrubs over and over and over again just so I don't have to watch a different TV show. Um, but 
with when it comes to D and D, I get excited about it. I'm very excited about this new edition of how of what's going to happen because my way of play and my games are never. This is how, I, I never. Let's. I use pencil on my character sheets, not pen, for a reason. Things change, right? Um. So, will I? Yeah, I mean, I will get all this. I will, but I'm not. I'm eagerly waiting for the new books, and I, Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast have to do this because they they need to continue to make money, and they could only bring on so many new people as it's coming out. Because we already, you own your player's handbook, I own my player's handbook. The only way they're going to get more money is for the player's handbooks to fall apart after five years, and you have to buy a new one. Right. Which has happened. I have bought another player's handbook simply because my player's handbook fell apart. So here's your here's your choice, people. They can either make shoddier products like Apple when they you know after a certain amount of certain amount of time the iPhone battery doesn't it last anymore, and you get, go out and buy a new battery or a new iPhone, or they can just make another edition or the edition. I noticed that they threaded that needle in their trailer video where it's like saying, we got this new thing coming out. It's called one D and D let's all get excited. And all the stuff you're, all the stuff you have now will still work, which is the, what they really mean is all the stuff we're selling between now and then will still work. So don't stop by. <clears throat> yeah. Was very, that was very much the subtext of like everything you, all the stuff we're going to release in the next six months, please keep buying it. But I do like the, I do like the consolidated origin rules. I do feel like there has been a thing where, People are like I'm. A, I'm playing a rogue. Then there's really only three races that I can choose. If you choose anything beyond those three races, you're doing it wrong. And I do like the idea of consolidating it so there's more, there's fewer wrong choices. That's what it seems to be. That's how, when I look at what they've done. It's going to be a thing where if I want to be a dragon, dragonborn cleric, it's not. I haven't made the bad choice. Right. You know? Um. So I, I do like it for that reason. That's going to hopefully give people more liberty. I do. Let's let's talk about the specific. Uh, let me get out the tomb. <laughs> um, I, okay, this new origin. This is the kind of origin character creation that I like. It's because when I first saw fifth edition, I got really excited about these backgrounds, but they really didn't come into play. I don't think. Right. Um. I think now that your ability modifiers are tied into your background as opposed to race, and they're going to you know do without the word race as well. What are they? What are they changing it to? Um, well, they still say character races here. Yeah, they still say race. But I think lineage or something might you know it might change there. Right. Um. Yeah, because it just makes all it makes your dwarf. Not as stereotypical with the plus constitution. It right. makes, you know, your elf not as stereotypical with the plus to dexterity. Not every, and so I like that aspect that it's going to, yeah, it makes sense for my, you know, art, art, artisan background to have a higher dexterity. Right. Um, and even though he's a orc, you know. And Tasha's cauldron that kind of broke away the, that said, okay, yeah, we say you, you know, put the stats where you want. You know, a little bit. There was a little bit of that too. The more basically saying, "Hey, house rules. Here's some house. Here's some suggested house rules." And, and I think uh, I think that adds to the role playing aspect a lot. 
Right. Especially with the wide range of the D&D fan base as it is now. Because, you know, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, it was, you know, us white guys in the basement playing. But it's definitely grown and expanded. So this is... I don't know why basements were so important, but they were. They were core to it. <laughs> well, we didn't have basements in California. We played in the garage okay. um, or around the dining room table. But, yeah. Um, so, is it, I don't know how much you looked it over. Is there anything that you just that you were like, oh, no, cringeworthy. I'm not going to enjoy this. No, the oh, they're ruining Dungeons and Dragons. The only thing for me I worry about is someone who's making content, supplemental content, how this affects the SRD. Like, will Ardling and Artificer be added to the SRD where they can't currently be used, right? So you can't, you can't make an Artificer subclass outside of the DMs Guild, but you can if you're going to do SRD. You know, if you're going to do, like... You know, you, if you're going to do a Kickstarter, it can't have Artificer in it. Or you just basically have to create your own class the way the Dungeon Dudes have right now with their... I don't know what they called it, Alchemist or Apothecary or something like that. They have a they created a whole class. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see how it affects... You know, because again, I, I feel like a lot of the choices are being made by the bean counters. And if they want to have all the money... They have to look around at all these Kickstarters that are happening and go like, why are we getting more of that? Why are they, why is that guy having a $2 million campaign for, why is, why is Matt Colville having a $2 million campaign for his monster manual? And why aren't we doing that? Because we would like $2 million because there's still some money we don't have yet. And right. we like it all. So, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 was, I worry about, I'm a worrier. As a so. creator, that's a, not, as a player, you're not worried about it. As no, a D and D fan, you don't give no. a shit. But D and D's going to crit if, if you know if the monsters are going to still going to crit at my table. I'm certain of it. No, yeah, and that's every game should be a homebrew when it comes down to it. Right. Um, it's a dungeon master's guide. It's not a dungeon master's bible. Right. And how many people have forbidden spells from the game? It's like this. Like, oh no, 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 you can't have this. Was, was that was that conga line healing spell? Where everybody gets to a, a spiritual healing, a some, spiritual. Yeah. There's some. It's so forbidden. I don't even know the name of it because there's never been a table I've ever played at where you're allowed to use it. It's some simple spell, but it just heals everybody up to full. You know, and the, the dungeon master just just throws their dice against the wall. Uh, so I don't. I don't, I don't know. No, so as a creator. It- I haven't even. I don't even think I've heard anybody discuss the future of the SRD with this new edition yet. Um, and as you know, open game, the open gaming license and the SRD. I'm, and as a third party content creator, I'm very. I, I don't know if nervous is the right word or anxious about it. Right. I mean, the nice thing is that the stuff we're building is not going to be outdated. Like if they had said in their thing and say, oh, we're going to rewrite the rules, stop buying stuff. Like, oh, no, not in the middle of my campaign. Right. But thankfully, they're they're saying that, you know, our our our, our content will still be good. It may change the kind of content I create now from until the new edition comes out or until we get a definite answer on open gaming license or. SRD. If, if, if a monster can't crit, then giving it a larger plus to hit is better than giving it advantage, right? Because you, you at that point, mathematically, you want to be able to hit more often 
even if because because critting doesn't matter anymore so advantage is less you know you, the reason for advantage is to give you two chances to crit i mean that's the big kicker of advantage uh so i don't know so it's how will you create the monsters would affect things if crit goes away for the bad guys the way i look at crit is it's not a it's not a strict rule element or component of dungeons and dragons necessarily it's it's more it's more of a a a, a flourish or level of excitement because everybody at the table gets excited when somebody crits yeah for sure it's a special effect it's a bonus it's it's i have i have a a low b campaign of mine i've got a uh a what what is it a why am i drawing a blank on that he's he's a cleric he's a he's a but he's one of the uh mechanical creatures i forget the name of it oh my goodness warforged Warforged, thank you. He's a Warforged cleric. And the idea is that he had all these, as he gains levels, he's basically bringing his old systems online. And so as so he's so he's got crazy amount of armor. Uh, so he basically has a 19 AC at level three. He's got a shield, so he's hard to hit. And he, I've done bold things with him, stupidly bold things with him, because I think I can't, I'll be fine. And so basically I charge into something, and it just he gets crit. And it was like, it was enough to just one-shot him, because he's a level, he's a, cleric at level three doesn't matter what your ac is you're still made of paper and uh he crumbles and it just says i've miscalculated and he just falls like i feel like that's the kind of like i i i love that moment i love that he got crit i love that it is yeah i love the randomness of it all so keep you will as a dungeon master you will keep crits in in your game yeah yeah hell yeah Unless the, unless the players don't want it. I really feel like that's a conversation you have at the beginning because if suddenly they think they can't be crit, then I have to do things. I don't want to, I don't want them to go, whoa, 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 whoa. But uh, all of it, so every house rule is just a agreement with the players, right? And like I said, when I crit, like Catacombs and Comedians, when i playing up there and I'm rolling behind the screen... Most of the time, I'm rolling just to make noise. Because <laughs> um, I will just, you know, because I'm not going to kill off a character on stage right away right. early in combat. Though, I've got a few char- few players that I might want to kill off their character if they don't straighten up. Um, right. So, if I roll a 20 behind the screen uh, up on stage at Catacombs and Comedians, and, you know, Fraley, if you come and see the show, don't. I hope this doesn't take away from the show for me and please don't spoil it. But if I roll a 20 to hit, say one of the characters, I'm not necessarily going to double the damage right away. Uh, I will just stop and I hit, you know, and, and I just kind of throw out arbitrary numbers. I'm at the table. When I play at home, it's a lot different. Again, I don't really crit my players unless it's going to involve the story. Like when you got crit, you know, you were able to, your Warforged cleric, you were able to make a good moment out of it. It added to the story. It added to the game. Right. If I, if it's just going to, you know, if I'm just going to one kill a character and it's not going to, you know, do something like if it, like situations, let's say I crit this guy and it's just, he's mortally wounded. He's going to die. And it rallies the troops to defeat the big bad. 
right. then it works. Right. But I'd have to see how that is gauged. Like, how close are the party to killing the big bad guy for me to make this crit count? Right. Does that make sense? Sure, sure. I yeah. mean, I think at some point you're like, you know, you're you're hosting a party and you're trying to be a good host and you're trying to make a good dramatic moment. And sure, you want... I prefer the I prefer the randomness to not occur during combat. I prefer the randomness to occur in other ways. Like, who are you facing? Like, I've got a chart in one thing where it's like, what kind of creatures are you going to face? And that won't change the composition of things. Uh, but during the fight, um, maybe randomly choose who they're targeting. That seems to be, or or have like one where it's like roll a d4 to determine what the this this group of bandits sort of this group of bandits what their strategy is. Will they focus on the weakest? Will they focus on the most obvious threat? Will they attack whoever's close? Will each one attack whoever's closest? So basically, every time you, because again, I'm trying to design this one module so it can be replayed. And part of that is it'll be different every time. It seems to be that's the only way to make it. I think Curse of Strahd does that. Um, so I think if I do something like that, where I really randomize how the things behave, to me, that's greater variety than you know someone comes up not first move brings his axe down and cuts the hero in half you know and a person's just like because you see how heartbroken a player is when that happens mm -hmm. a they're not having i mean unless they're unless they're a hammy actor and they want to play up the whole drama of it uh which is again that's the person you want to hit uh uh not because you're mean but because you think that's going to be a good story uh, uh but you know, you just don't want to break their hearts. You know, you see sometimes a character gets hit. And I, I even do things like NPCs all get death saves. I don't let, I don't let, there's a kid running across the street, they get hit, the bad guy turns and hits them. The kid's not insta-killed. You know, I even feel like villains that you knock out get death saves because what's good for the players are good for the NPCs. Because sometimes, you know, you don't want to kill the bad guy. You want to revive him and ask him questions. And I feel like, why would the players get death saves, but nobody else does? Well, they're, so, they're anyway. heroes. That's why. But I guess. that's just me playing the advocate. Um, I, I, I see Fraley's got a question. And as, as the professional dungeon master in this group, how do you, uh, when you're, uh, I know you've mentioned that it catacombs and comedians, you might fudge the numbers or, you know, err on the side of drama. Uh, how do you handle crit damage? Double. Do you, I generally you, double damage or roll the damage dice twice. Okay. I never, I don't, I don't have a set way. It's kind of, it depends how rushed I am or how, how mixed up I'm into combat or if, you know, if everything's going smooth, I might take the time to double damage, roll everything. Right. If, you know, if I'm, just trying to hurry and moving along and I'm using like the base damage that they suggest that the monster does just double that. Um, if, if I were to use it, if players, if they roll, I, again, it all just, you know, I'll just say, just roll your damage and double it. Gen that's generally what tends to roll off my tongue most often. Right. Um, but did you see that in these new rules about, um, Inspiration. I got my inspiration right. ship right here. Um, how a player gets inspiration if they roll a natural 20, a crit 20? Oh, I, I didn't see that. I heard, It seemed like inspiration was going to be much more of a fluid 
uh, no longer this thing that's bestowed by the DM that gives you an instant win whenever you need it, uh, but much more of a, a, a kind of like the lucky feat. Mm-hmm. Kind of a re- everyone has the lucky feat now, where you can re-roll if you need to. Uh, now here's one thing, and I was watching Sly's uh, show before we jumped on, and he had, and I guess it's been discussed. In other words, that perhaps instead of instantly getting inspiration, if you get a critical success. You get inspiration if you get a critical failure. Mm-hmm. That way, if someone's having a bad time, you know, the, the next role they might be able to, you know. Agreed. Agreed. I do think the, it's weird to reward a crit because you the, the, the reward is the crit. It feels weird to, oh, here you crit. Oh, and you get this bonus. It's like, really? You just crit. That's what more, you want more? You jerk. Yeah. <laughs> and I could, I could, now I Looking at two sides of the coin, I can see how, let's say you, you know, you get a critical hit that inspires you to do another, you know, I, I'm strong and I'll go, I'll, 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 I'm inspired. I can also see if you do a critical failure, you go, oh, that inspires me to do better next time. Right. So it works both ways. Sure. How am I going? I, I'm not going to use it for both things. I'm not going to say if you get a critical failure, you get inspiration. If you get a critical, hit. I will say that I'm going to I, I'll 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 put two dollars on it that that's not going to make it into the final. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think so either. It also goes against the notion of let's not have more accounting. Let's not have more resources that we have to keep track of. Let's not have okay. So you have these things that recharge, and then you've got blah 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 blah. I think inspiration is largely pretty good where it is as this kind of extra th- garnish that doesn't distract. Because I feel like the sweet thing about five uh, fifth edition is that it's not too complicated. You know, you can have people who who don't know how to play D anD D sit down and play the game. No, they're not going to know bonus actions. They're not going to know reactions. They're not going to know stuff like that. But I feel like by and large the game is about as complex as they want it to be. The idea of making it more complicated is only for the deepest of nerds and not going to help anything. Yeah. And it's, inspiration, how it works now, where it's rewarded by the DM for good play or whatever, inspired yeah. play, is perfect for me in Catacombs and Comedians because it inspires the, the actors on stage, the comedians on stage to do well, inspires the crowd, the audience watching, and... Um, and actual play people use it like as a as a as a donate twenty bucks to the charity or 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 to the stream, and you will give either the DM or the hero or a hero of your choice inspiration. No, and that's <laughs> great to get the audience involved. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know if this inspiration is going to be an automatic with a crit, either failure I, or a crit hit. The only reason to make it automatic is because you're saying that it's sort of like um, minimum sentences for judges. You feel like the judges are using a little bit too much of their own discretion in this situation. I want to take away that discretion. I think that's the right way to go. I think. Uh, One thing I did like is how they've got the magic separated in three different categories. What do you like about it? Um, well, I like how, you know, what, what's the specific terms? The arcane spells, divine spells, and the uh, primal spells. That is going to be a lot of fun for me as a dungeon master. It's going to make detect magic a lot easier to handle. <laughs> 
What kind of magic is it? Okay, it's only one of these three. I don't have to worry about. It's it's a mix of conjuration and evocation. I've already and because I was already thinking something along this lines for a new campaign that I'm starting. Oh, Dan, starting another campaign. This guy gave it a fucking rest. Uh, <laughs> is this a campaign related to that new project you're working on? Or yes, is it... the new project. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if it was actually just a campaign of 5e that you're going to play somewhere. No. And um, so what I, I like, because I never delved into magic as much as a lot of players and dms do just because magic to me always looks like homework <laughs> if i'm playing a fighter or a rogue i don't have homework you know i swing my weapon i shoot my bow i you know occasionally i gotta do roll you know sneak attack i gotta figure that out that's it that's how i like i you know i'm like you said you don't need to make the game more complicated magic always makes the game more complicated for me but i understand that it's part of the world and i i'm not saying i don't enjoy it i just always tend to kind of not focus on as much as the other elements with the way there's it looks like the breaking down with arcane divine and primal is giving me more story elements to deal with it Hmm. and i'll jump let's let's talk about the new project i haven't really well a very little to uh talk about it so far but what it comes down to is um, my other Steve Musgrave, who does the art for the Oddity off print and such, we decided let's let's work on something that we create together. Because rather than him being kind of a hired gun um, to, to draw monsters for catacombs and comedians, which is pretty much my baby, I want to co-create something with him that we delve in together. And so we came up with this idea where we are going to do a stream D&D show where I will be the dungeon master and he will be the player. And as I as we come up with stuff and we're going to build a campaign world for a future product that we'll release. Sweet. And we'll do it as we play. So I'll come up with something like here's the MacGuffin device. And then he will, I will like stat it out and then he will design what it looks like. And then we will add, you know, and how it plays out in the game. Then we will add it to the product at the end. However, however it turns out. And that just, it gives me something to do with him to build our collaborative efforts together. Another excuse to play Dungeons and Dragons, another excuse to play more and uh, create more. That's great. So, I was kicking the idea around him. I said, what do you, what kind of, let's mix D and D up with another genre. What do you want to do? And he, first thing that came to his mind was the old West, sort of a Western theme. And it's, it's been done before. There's been Dungeons and Dragons in the old West. Um, But we're just going to start from that kind of like the ground up and kind of do our own D and D boot Hill type of thing. And it's going to be weird because you've seen Steve's art. It's not right. going to be run-of-the-mill type of uh, the Western set in Dungeons & Dragons. So what we are calling it is Wild Quest. Cool. I like that name. And I have already designed the town where it's all going to start called the Township of Podunk, which I've got up on the screen there. little map. 
And that's basically where it's going to start. And that character you see there is his character, who he described kind of as a creepy David Bowie warlock. Um, so it's got a very, his character there's got a very fantasy, Western, creepy David Bowie element to it. That's great. And we're just going to take this. He's going to start off like at first adventure and we're just going to build on the campaign. And that's why we're just starting the little town. I, I, you know, originally I was going to do a big map of the whole territory, but I went, no, 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 no. Bring it in. Bring it in. Let's start small. Hell yeah. That's great. That's great. And so we're just going to start that, you know, the first handful of adventures might just take place in this little, you know, podunk of a town. And yeah, Wild Quest is a pretty awesome name if I say so myself. <laughs> yeah. And the township of Podunk. That's excellent. Yeah. That's excellent. Um, I added the train there at the end because I figured we're going to have a train high story later down the road. Sure. So I don't know how, but back to how this new stuff works. I'm very much relying on some of the Old West and some of our own U.S. history. Now, that's kind of tricky because... You know, I just can't say all elves are norks or Indians or Native Americans. And, you know, I can't just say, you know, there's things from that time period that doesn't necessarily work well in today's time period. Yeah, like 95 percent. Yeah. So <laughs> like almost everything. There was everything. Except it's basically you're going to uh, I think you get the aesthetic you can keep. And that's the that's the the the, uh, the bulk of it. Right. Right. So how am I going to deal with this? One of the things is, yes, there was a civil war in the East to make, you know, the kind of before everyone went out West. I'm making, instead of the issues that were our actual civil war here in the States, I'm using it as a thing of the North favored arcane magic, the South favored divine magic. Done. A lot simpler, a lot easier. Um, and then out west is when they run into primal magic. That's how those three magics. Does that make sense? Sure. I mean, it's. I mean, as long as the, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I feel, I feel like it all comes down to the story. Yeah. Know? So I think, like, you know, and the, and the, the, the finish. But I do think you're right to, to cr- try to come up with any analog, any historical analog is is just like prone for, uh, misinterpretation and. Uh, you know, you you end up having to. I mean, one of the benefits of writing a fantasy story, like I write this web comic, the, the Middle Age, is that it's not contemporary in any way, and it's set in a completely different world, and you're not bringing all this stuff to the table. You, you're you're bringing the real world with you when you sit down at the table, but the idea that the game could any way, you know, people want, read Lord of the Rings and, and Tolkien the entire time said this is the Eagles are not America. They're not saving the day. You know, like he had to say, like, this is stop reading into it. Stop reading into it. This is a legend. And I feel like fantasy gives you that opportunity to disconnect from the real world. And so I do think though using the West as a aesthetic um, spurs like on the on that character and, uh, you know, saloons, I think there's a kind of and bank robbers and train heists and all that stuff. I think all the surface level cartoon stuff is probably the best part. To, uh, but anything beyond that, if, if uh, suddenly you're going to have to say this group is the bad guy in a situation where you may not want to do that or, mm-hmm. you know, 
I mean, I'm gonna. It's gonna be a tightrope. I'm gonna be walking because like Mandalorian. Mandalorian had to do that. Yeah, and Boba Fett had to do that. It's gonna be a tightrope that I'm walking because you know I've got I've got to remain conscious. I mean, uh, I mean it's I don't it's it's I don't I don't want to delve too far into this in this discussion. But look, I love Edgar Rice Burroughs Tarzan stories, but they are so wrong. Sure. Um. I never got into the Thulu Cthulhu stuff because of the creator. Right. I just can't wrap my head. Why it's okay, I can read Edgar Rice Burroughs, but I can't read, you know, what's his name? Um, so, how much, I don't, do I gloss over the ugliness? Do I include any of the ugliness? How much, so it's going it's to, if anything, it's going to be interesting to see how I pull this off. Yeah, I think it'd be great. I think I think there are. It should be as as historically accurate. I would imagine in my world, if it were me, I'd make it as historically accurate as a Roy Rogers restaurant. You know, what I mean, I would make it as a, you know, like like do, do not, don't even try, don't 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 like right. you know, or 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 the idea would be that you have uh, you don't want to make it Deadwood, um. Uh, but you want to give room for people who want to have a campaign that makes it Deadwood. You don't mind having people who are, you know, surly bastards. And but the second, if, if on page one you introduce zombies, you're immediately going to be disconnected from the world. Or if you say back in, you know, 1812 when the magic bomb went off, or you said you say you, you forget even 1800s. You simply say the year is 642. Yeah. Boom. It's the whole thing is Western. It looks Western. You're not even saying West in the name, but you're saying and the whole thing is got this aesthetic and the year is 642. And suddenly you're like, oh, okay, this can't possibly be a mirror universe of ours. This and, isn't, and, and I'll tell you, know, you right now, it's not taking place in the United States during the 1900 or 1800s with magic. It is not. Right. Uh, right. If I get around to designing the whole territory map it will look completely different and have all sorts of different elements um yeah i think that stuff you you throw a few things like that in there and suddenly people will be like okay cool we're not you the author they because the, i do think people read books now at least with one eye on what's this author getting at where is this person coming from you know and i think uh you know you throw a few put a few things like that you 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 kind of make your life a lot easier yeah there's not a lot of symbolism in my work <laughs> there's not a lot of <laughs> Yeah. deep meaning it's uh you know just i'm ripping off this guy or i'm you know having a good time is is the basis of most of my creative work um but yeah it's going to be interesting that's what i'm doing with uh steve we're going to do our wild quest i don't know when it'll launch because i've got a lot of cat i got season one of catacombs and comedians to finish up which is what I'm calling it now. I'm hoping to have two shows in October that'll be Halloween theme, and then two shows in November where the comics switch between our two clubs and take a little break before we start more. But then we also, I've been interviewing players for the streaming Catacombs and Comedians game, and that's been going well. I've got some great, I think, fun talent lined up. But yeah, like, you know, you keep calling me professional dungeon master. I just want to, you know, quit my day job and keep staring in that direction. That's great. All right. Um, we uh, Did you buy Spelljammer, by the way? That came out this week. And man, they waited no time to forget about Spelljammer and announce this new Dungeons and Dragons. 
Yeah, and that, again, it was I think it, why they had to say all everything you buy nowadays will work with one D and D because like Spelljammer, we're going to kill sales for Spelljammer if we say it's going to be you know uh, obsolete the day it's released. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm with the no, I, I didn't. I'm not going to have a campaign. Um, I mean, I bought it because I'm the completist. Uh, it's just out of reach, but yeah, I do have the it over there. I went to my local. Uh, game shop picked it up, and, but it's still wrapped in the shrink wrap because the next day they announced <laughs> this other stuff. So, sure. um, but when I buy most of those products, it's just stuff to see how they how they do things and how again what I can steal out of it for my own game. I don't. I'm not going to run a a uh, spell jammer campaign out of the book. Um, right. Though I am kind of thinking, how can you? How can we do a Star Trek type D and D game? You know, but there's they're D and D. I mean, you're you know, you got your you know elf science officer and your dwarf <laughs> medic. Um, but maybe there's stuff in Spelljammer to take out of that and move around. And I don't know. Again, all these. How do I how, how do I sleep at night? I don't know. I, I like the idea of small bites. Small bites keep because I think you, you you. I think we have a tendency to chase things down like oh that's an idea i should spend the next six months doing that and it's like oh where'd the year go um so you got the final week of oddity off print what's the plan how do you how do you how do we end this at a thousand bucks how do we get there how do we get to that how do we do you have a lot of people currently watching the campaign have you looked at the uh, the stats for that stuff like the people who are watching it versus people who... i really haven't looked at that um I my experience is about 25% of the people who are watching it, maybe 30% at most, seem to be... There are some people who just watch it to watch it. Um, other creators, other you know, people who are kind of on the fence. Because the idea is if you're watching the campaign, it's something like you you saw it and you didn't bite immediately. Unless you were you know watching it before it even launched. But you saw it and you didn't bite. And so... To me, the watch list is kind of the group of people who are also who said, I'll watch it, but I won't invest in it right now. Um, and I don't know what they're waiting for. So it's a weird thing. Like, Generally, if I'm watching a Kickstarter, it's because I'm not sure how what my funds will be like when it closes. Okay. okay. So as I get closer to the date, I'm like, all right, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't go out to lunch as much as I thought I would that week. So I've got an extra 30 bucks. So I'll go ahead and boom, hit that fun button. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, generally, that's what I do unless, you know, unless it's, you know, and I love supporting other creators, especially creators I know. That's why I jumped on yours the moment it went. That's why I jumped on. Um, uh, Mike Lafferty is another guy with Fainting Goat Games. He's a great supporter of my stuff, so I'm a great supporter of his stuff. It's just because if we're not going to support each other, who's going to support us? And um, did you do like a graphic swap of like telling your people, "Hey, go check out his project," and suggest I just he? I didn't do a graphic on the, my last input or my last input update. I included links to yours and his. I appreciate that. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if it did anything or probably not because I don't know who, but who's reading my updates because the the thirty backers I have, um, but yeah, if I hit fifty backers, I'm adding that uh, Dragonado to it, so we'll have another creature. So, gotcha. we'll so it's not, that's not a dollar limit; it's a it's a number of backers. pledges. Yeah. yeah. 
So we'll see how it goes. Um, again, I don't, I'm not afraid of it not funding. We're 70 bucks away. Um, by next Friday, I would assume that we hit that mark. Right. Um, but I, I gotta tell you, I'm seeing if I can squeeze in one more, bef- one more zine quest before the end of the month. <laughs> I was working on graphics for that yesterday. Wait, wait, really? Yeah. Another zine quest before the end of the month. Oh, that's great, great, great. Okay, you want to talk about that? Or I know you, we're running up on our, our hour, but this how- is real simple. Just, just uh, here's a collection of magic item type things. Wow. Okay. Cool. That's uh, something I just got a cool title, and it's a specific set of magic items and spells, kind of like your, kind of like your thing, without the fancy painted art. Um, but it's all I, mean, I was able to find a public domain clip art to use to give it the right aesthetic feel, and it's all black. It's just going to be black and white, and it's going to look zany, zany. It's going to look like a zine. Wow, that's great. But we'll just see how it goes. I mean, I'm not going to launch anything until this one's over on Friday. and um, But it's something I've had on the back burner as I was going to release as a product on drive-thru RPG anyway. Oh, wow. That's great. I'm uh, like, Well, I know what I'll be asking you about next Sunday. So <laughs> uh, what I found was, was really fortunate. I think I was wrapping up that other Kickstarter, delivering the files for the minis, basically the STL files. And I was able in that email because I ended up only with like, I only had like 25 people who wanted the STLs. So it was like, how am I going to fulfill this? How am I going to fulfill this? Oh, I'll just email people and give them a Dropbox link, make that the easiest thing in the world. I could have spent an hour doing this. Um, yeah, that's, so it, that was me. I was one of those STL thank guys. You for that. Thank you for that. And so, uh, um, so in terms of fulfillment, that was the easiest thing in the world. But then I was able to include a graphic from Mo. I don't think I sent it to you because, uh, you know, the, basically the people who I knew had backed the the, pro- the project already. I didn't do it. But for everybody else, here's a graphic from the project and the link. So it was a chance to you want here are your files. Oh, and back. Here's this other thing I'm doing if you're interested. Now, I haven't come up with an STL way. I, I don't have an STL uh, available of that Intoximancer mini yet. I think I'm going to make that an add on during backer kit checkout. Uh, and make it a, you know, for five bucks or become a Patreon supporter at any level and get it as a way of hopefully getting people over to Patreon. Again, my Patreon's a mess because it's like it's the people who are there for mostly for the middle age. And now I've got this gaming stuff that a lot of them don't care about. Yeah, I've so. got I've got a Patreon for zero level media that, you know, was is going to include catacombs and comedian stuff and the podunk stuff or the excuse me, wild quest stuff. And I just posted something up there for Wild Quest where you get that you can see the high def map of the Podunk town for That's backers. Um, but yeah, it's just I haven't been advertising it. I don't have. I think I've got two people right now, which is fine because it's not you know. And it's I know both of those people. They understand right now that it's starting off and they don't need a lot of. They're not going to drop me just because I haven't given them enough material yet. They they got their they all. They each got their free stickers that I promised. So what more do you, what, what more do Is they there want? a, I'm thinking about other things you can add to it. Like, do you have the character sheets for the people who play? Exactly. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Um, throwing a lot more behind the scenes. Cause like everybody who's going to be on the, and I haven't even made any sort of announcement like this or talked about, but like anybody who's backing me on the Patreon gets the, uh, you know, the oddity off print free. 
but I'm not going to make that announcement now because I want people to jump on the oddity off print. Sure. Unless sure. you're, unless you're, you know, but it's basically, it's a, it's a wash either way, whether they're good, but you want, you want the campaign to succeed for, for all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So after it's all said and done, I said, up, oh, you missed out on the, you missed out on the zine quest campaign for this. Why don't you just join, join the Patreon and get it here. Right. Um, but yeah, so and it's it's a lot of tough work to come up with this sort of stuff because if you got the Patreon and you got your Kickstarters and you know I just told you yesterday, let's time to start working on the Discord. Um, right. God, what a pain in the ass! Why don't I just read books? <laughs> Fraley, whenever you're ready, we'll definitely grab a burger and talk some D and D. I'm all you know. I'm all for it. Um, and if you come to the show, make sure if you come to the show Tuesday, make sure you come up and say hey to me. Free sticker for you, and I'll even give you a button, maybe some maybe an inspiration token, uh, and there'll be and there'll be t-shirts. But I'm, you might have to buy a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it's a well, the, the next week for uh, my Intoxicancy. I did get Intoxicancy.com. I was just doing all these URLs and short names on. Let me just buy the dang URL, um, uh, and uh, so I'm going to promote another one on. I just finished another piece of artwork for the tankard, which is an NPC. It's a little tiny tank flagon thing that's basically fires and shoots, you know, basically shoots force at people. It's a, it's a, it hits like a, it hits like a truck, but it uh, has a slow recharge. So I think it's a fun little creature. Um, and uh, I'm going to be sharing that on Reddit. I don't know if they're going to like it at all. So I don't know if I'll get a bump for that at all, but I do have another spell that I'm going to share later this week. It's called, I'm really happy with, kind of proud of this one it's called blackout drunk mm-hmm. again it's a mage and you basically internalize a fireball and for six seconds your turn you are a hulked out john wick and you have like plus 10 to your armor class you have you make three attacks with whatever you're holding and they do 2d6 plus your spell cast damage and you have advantage on saving throws and ability checks for that turn and you get no reactions um, you basically attack whatever you can. You, and um, at the beginning of your next turn, you teleport to this, a safe space within 30 feet of you with no recollection of what just happened. And uh, with, on a, you roll a d20 on a one, you soiled yourself. Uh, and the, I, I just love the idea that for a second, like you're, you're surrounded by creatures, you're surrounded by things, and suddenly you just turn into this, you just start hitting things your eyes roll back in your head and you go nuts. I think, I hope that, uh, the Reddit community likes that one. Cause it's so weird. And, uh, there's math in there too, because it'd be like, Oh, you make three attacks and they're two D six plus your spell damage. How much does that hit for? And I'm like, and that's why it's like, it had to be level three. It had to be the equivalent of a fireball. You know, it had to be that kind of, you know, um, I just love that. Ma- and also, it gives a major chance to, for once, throw a punch. Yeah, uh, mages. Oh, it's mage rage. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <coughs> but like, really, let them hulk out for a moment and do something a little different. So I'm hoping that that spell takes off. The only trouble with that is I don't know what art to include with it. I want to include. It. I think it might just be the kind of uh, cloud of smoke with like pow and fists and flagons and stuff coming out. Yeah, I could see that working. Um, no, I like that idea. So you've got real quick. Let's wrap this up on the Kickstarter. You've got how many days left? Eighteen days left. Yeah, it ends uh, a Thursday night at ten o'clock in oh. the middle of my D D game. So, I'm about to, <laughs> so I, I will be distracted that night. So next 
Sunday, I will be able to report on how well the Audio the Outprint finally finished up. And then maybe, I don't know, maybe announce this other really quick zine that I want to just throw out there. Just just to kind of do what I learned from this one. And that's um, pretty much for shits and giggles. I love that you're getting it in under the wire. Yeah. I love that you're getting a second one in. That's awesome. Which is an advantage for starting early, I guess. And the, the, notice, the, the idea is that you have a, uh, a tier that's the new thing plus out of the off print. Yeah, I could throw in that as well. Um, but then, but then, seriously, a twenty-five dollar tier where you get the catacombs and comedians button, you get the foul bear. You know, basically, make a little loot pack because you know somebody's going to want it. You know, I, I thought about just adding that to this one too, and like I might still just do a last minute. You know, because I've got t-shirts printed. I got catac- I'm looking at cat. I'm looking at forty catacombs and comedian t-shirts right there over on the other side of the office right now. So I could, they're printed and I could throw those out there real quick. Um, you make another tier that has those at like a $30 level or something like that, or $25 level. You come up with that $25 sweet spot one. And, uh, you know, you know, maybe some of your backers will upgrade. Yeah. Cause I've got those show posters. I've got the, uh, I've got inspiration chips. I've got little buttons right here. I've got the stickers that I sent you. So, if, all right, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll throw that out there tonight depending on we were going to go to the county fair but it looks like it's going to rain here in middle tennessee mm-hmm. so um we'll see how it goes so anyway um that's it so now we've got we got one D to look forward to we've got our kickstarters wrapping up and some continuing on we got we're already planning c's for other kickstarters down the line uh, okay serious question steve do you think your module will be a zine for the next one in february yes Okay, there you go. Heard it it seems like it seems like to not take advantage of that. Uh, and from all the things I've learned from this one, and we're gonna, I'm gonna keep an eye on that spreadsheet that's you know tallies it all up. Do I do a version of it that's uh, uh, dungeon crawl classics compatible? Do I do a version that is why am I drawing a blank on the old school OSR version? Do I do do I do I in the next five months? learn about those systems and make something appropriate so that I can appeal to beyond the five E crowd. Um, do I, in that also in that time, do I create a new version of intoxomancy that is also a, compatible with those systems so that I can have add ons. I, I wanted to make it more like a classic module, but maybe I make it more, you know, the same size. I'm doing a five for this, the size of the OSR rules. Um, maybe I do it that size cause it keeps the price down. Um, Maybe it looks like one of the modules. Maybe it still has the same cover treatment. Maybe it has all the stuff, the maps and all those things, but it's just like a tiny version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot, a lot to think about, but I definitely want to do something for, uh, because uh, having learned the lesson, I wrote them beforehand. I wrote Kickstarter before my campaign launched, the Monday before it launched and said, hey, I don't see how to label my thing Zine Quest. Uh, how can I do that? And Tuesday they let me know, don't worry, I've tagged it. So that when it launched, it was where it should have been. So, yeah, uh, I've have... learned a lot of things, and obviously, next February we'll see Oddity Off Print number two. Sweet, because the monster—I've I've already got the monster artwork. It's done. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, let's wrap it up, Steve. Any plug? Last minute plugs. Intoximancy.com, folks. Uh, thank you for uh, for being here and. Um, and check out the replay. But if you check out intoximancy.com, it runs for another 
18 days and uh, there's a five dollar pdf and a ten dollar print zine so fingers crossed it does uh fingers i'm still hoping that they're going to make it a project we love i say you know it's it, i'm sure that ship has sailed but i'm gonna i'm gonna hold out hope well uh, and uh i've got my uh oddity off print and just five or six six or five days left to back that um again don't feel obligated but it'd be appreciated if you did. And again, there's Catacombs and Comedians live show. I may actually have somebody who's talent videoing, video recording the show. So you may awesome. see that here on Twitch and the Zero Level YouTube channel in the future, hopefully. But it's always available on a podcast. This show is always available as a podcast as well as a video to watch on YouTube on the Zero Level Media YouTube channel. And again... Thanks to Steve Conley for chatting with me Sunday morning to inspire me to be creative. And I'm Dan Taylor, and may you make all of your saving throws. Thank you for listening to Mazes and Muses. Now go forth and create.